Well, it's the theory of the benefit of the doubt. And that's where the Washington commanders have found themselves in, I don't know if you call it hot water, but a level of controversy that could easily have been avoided. Because this is a franchise where, if anything, you got to be able to read the room. As we mentioned on the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take earlier, and we'll discuss right now. And that is understanding that for some franchises, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. So if something goes wrong or you make a harsh comment, you will. people won't jump on you. They won't get on your skin. Notice my guy, Mike Tomlin, William & Mary grad, Pittsburgh Steelers coach, who has operated for a decade or so under this great saying. The standard is the standard. The standard is the standard. And he's got a Super Bowl ring to back it up. He's navigated Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, and the fiasco of dealing with those high-maintenance personalities. Sorry, Steeler fans, call a spade a spade. We all know that was the case, particularly, well, really at different junctures, all three of them. And they navigated that about as well as you could expect for a franchise. The performance of Brown and Bell, obviously Ben Roethlisberger, when he probably should have been pushed out a year or two earlier, they kept him around and built the roster and tried to win in spite of him. It's kind of amazing, actually, they even made the playoffs toward the back half of his career, given his arm is kind of falling off. But yet, that's the culture and organization they have, so they get the benefit of the doubt. Well, here's the thing. People have mentioned that there is a change in Washington, not just... The fact that this glorious song might go by the wayside because of an ownership change. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. You're thinking about it wrong. You're thinking about it wrong. They're going to make a re- remake of it with the new if they get a new name. Oh, so they're going to do a different version of that song? Yeah, of course. They have to. If they do it, the one promise I pledge or, or would love is please holler remix like 600 times during the making of it please holler remix 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 because that's what good musicians do but anyway jokes on that aside the washington Bears don't get the benefit of the doubt they have not earned it as a franchise for how things have gone which is why when you hear ron rivera and hear what he had to say about his offensive coordinator eric Bieniemy, and it's long but we're going to play it all to provide proper context the first part of it seems rather innocuous and frankly necessary but then the second part, you start scratching your head. Going back to the enemy and its intensity, have players had to kind of adapt to that and have any, I guess, sort of struggled with that at times? Yeah, I mean, they have. And, 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 and one of the biggest things is, is, is you know, and I've, I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know, and. And I think, you know, I think as they go and they talk and they listen to them, it, it's, it's, been, it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Um, you know, you, you, again, you get a different kind of player from, from the players back in the past, um, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain, certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys come from other programs aren't as much. So Ron you, Rivera, you touching earlier on that. At the beginning, actually, it kind of makes sense. Yes, they're struggling with Eric Bieniemy's hard coaching. But then he starts referencing guys being softer. Doesn't really sound like you got your locker rooms back. You also put your offensive coordinator out there. And if you operate under this Mike Tomlin guy. The standard is the standard. And you have the 
ingrained culture and multi-generational success that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Sorry, Washington Commanders. While the Commanders and Steelers were both relevant through the 1980s and early 90s, Pittsburgh kept winning afterwards, and Washington was sold to Dan Snyder, and obviously the rest has been a painful 20-plus year history for fans of that particular franchise, about a quarter century. So then Eric Bieniemy has to come out, and he has to defend what he said, or has been doing in terms of his standard. Hi. Um, have there have there been instances where players have, um, I guess, struggled to adapt to your coaching style and have come up to you and had a conversation about it? So before it even goes anywhere, I make it the point to address the conversation. Because one thing, my job is to be a very observant. I, I got to know the people that I'm discussing and, and, uh, and working with. So my job is to address if there's something that they may have an issue with, please, let's discuss this. Here's the reason why I felt a certain way. Here's why I said it. Now, okay, I put it back on the player. And you got to understand, we're in a grown man's business. We're in a grown man's world. My job is to make sure that I'm doing the best possible job of over-communicating clarity. I take a tremendous amount of pride in that. They also know when I'm getting on them, ain't nothing personal. What's personal is that I want us to win. I expect that particular player to be great at all times. I expect the effort to be a standard that's uh, accepted by all of us. So when you're not reaching that, it's my job to address it. So sometimes they may like the highlights and the praise, but sometimes they may not like it. And I'm perfectly fine with that because that's my job. Because if I ain't doing my job, my ass get fired. So it's my job and my responsibility to make sure that I'm getting our guys to do what I expect them to do. That's Eric Bieniemy, Fairly hands-on. And it's ironic because this could all be avoided if Ron Rivera had a pulse on the room. The thing is, when he was asked about Eric Bieniemy and his hard coaching style, it's easy to just sit there and say, look, we have a standard of excellence that we expect here. As a team, starting with myself, we have failed to reach that. And our goal as a group this offseason and as a coaching staff is to position our players to be as successful as possible. And for them to go out and execute what they're capable of, which we know they can do. And to assemble the best roster and construct it the best way so that we can all win and achieve our goal of winning football games does that sound like cliche city that what i just said yeah it kind of is but the reality is is you got to take control of the situation if you're ron rivera you're the one in charge of it i don't think he sounded horrible at the beginning by mentioning that people may have a tough time adjusting to eric b coaching style but here's the problem you got to understand you're dealing with a franchise where nobody has gotten the benefit of the doubt over the last 20 to 25 years outside of, well, Marty Schottenheimer and Joe Gibbs. And even then, their standards were less than stellar based upon <laughs> prior ownership and their unreasonable expectations. So you're talking about this franchise where change is already happening. And you know you're on the hot seat if you're Ron Rivera. If that's the case... Why are you bringing this out? Why are you creating distractions for this franchise? You can easily jump out in front of this if you're Ron Rivera and say, we all hold ourselves to a very high standard and we expect to perform at the highest level. 
And that, to me, Trey, and again, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but that's where the problem really is as big as possible is Rivera could have squashed this earlier, but instead, by mentioning that his team is adjusting to a much more harsh coaching style, Rivera looks ridiculous because he kept around prior coaches who were underperforming and could not connect with players. Bad mark on Rivera. The locker room looks like they couldn't handle harsh coaching from Eric Bieniemy. when uh, in reality a lot of these guys maybe struggle with that, but plenty more come from programs which are used to holding players accountable. And then Eric Bieniemy himself coming in, having to not only defend being an offensive coordinator realistically for the first time because it was Andy Reid's offense in Kansas City, but handling this. And that, to me, Trey, is where this could have easily been avoided if Ron Rivera just read the room a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of knew Eric Bieniemy was going to bring in the Andy Reid style, and Andy Reid is someone who... It has a standard and sticks to the standard and um yeah it's, it's i'm not shocked by all this i think it's a lot of overreaction um i think if you look at eric benamy's track record and granted it helps to have patrick mahomes but um he is proven to be a very capable offensive coordinator better than so I think uh, personally, this is just kind of uh, a, that typical training camp story that's going to be overblown and probably not be an issue come the re- the you know regular like midway through the regular season. Ultimately, you're right, Trey. By the way, because ultimately, if Eric Bieniemy's offense can help Sam Howell take off and cobble him in a talented defense, but a unit that is underperformed relative to the talent they have, and that falls on your defensive-minded head coach in Ron Rivera. Yes, they have Jack Del Rio as the defensive coordinator, but Rivera is a defensive guy, and that's deemed to be his area of expertise and specialty. Then all of a sudden, a lot of this stuff does, in fact, go by the wayside. It's merely the fact that Trey, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, we're, we're dealing with franchises here. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Cincinnati of recently with Joe Burrow, but throw franchises into the mix that have consistently performed at a high level for the better part of a decade or more, and you get the benefit of the doubt. Kansas City, obviously, as you mentioned a moment ago, Trey, they fit this description. Ones that don't have that, you got to understand it's kind of a different set of standards, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong, and that is why I think the criticism makes sense that for Ron Rivera, while his comments may not be wrong, that players are struggling to adjust. And he's not wrong for saying, hey, go talk to the coach if it happens. It makes your players look bad like they're a bunch of whiners and complainers that they can't handle the harsh coaching. So the players have to answer it. Eric Bieniemy then has to defend his style. And then Ron Rivera has to go out and defend all of this when he easily could have mentioned, look, we're on the same page here. We all expect to perform and win well. And we always have high standards. And that's why we believe Eric Bieniemy can certainly implement that. And you make some comment out there that's enough to give people in the media like us and fans enough to feel like, hey, we've got something we can discuss, but realistically doesn't say a whole ton about what's actually going on behind the scenes. Speaking of what's actually going on behind the scenes, we're not going to give you all the details like Ron Rivera has done with the Washington Commanders, but we can tell you that what's going on at InsaneRadioDeals.com is enough for you to know that those Lynchburg Hill Catch general admission tickets with a $10 food voucher and reserve seating tickets Also with a $10 food voucher, they're going quickly because you know what's up. There's about a month left in the baseball season. 
So to claim the games you want to go to at a phenomenal deal, visit InsaneRadioDeals.com. And by the way, while you're there, grab some of those Sequest of Lynchburg experiences for the remainder of summer. I know back to school is happening over the next week or two, depending on your school system. But here's the other thing. Pretty soon, and I'm talking in a couple months, while it's hot outside, that's not always going to be the case. So stock up for colder weather. Stock up for activities and things to do over the weekend with your family. InsaneRadioDeals.com is the place to go. And oh, by the way, if you're a Liberty student listening at Fast Lane Ed Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, grab some of those as well because you can use them during the weekdays and have a real fun time with your friends at Sequest of Lynchburg. Thanks to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now to other topics Trey and I get to address here in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Trey would not dispute the fact that I'm probably on a bit of an ego trip today, so to fit that particular theme, I'm just going to touch on a couple of topics that Trey addressed in the fast lane last week. One, the CW adding ACC football and men's basketball and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. I'll just throw this out there. It's a compelling reason to tune into a network that honestly has been laughed at because they're mostly known for like Family Feud reruns and other shows that are secondary. But this actually is a reason to pay attention to this particular network. Is it going to be the biggest seller? No. But it's something that the ACC and the NASCAR Xfinity Series have done, which makes a lot more sense. And we're not talking the Kenny Powers kind. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Although maybe to a certain extent we are, but a lot more common sense than what the Pac-12 has done with their particular university. Number four. This was a bigger topic last week, and Trey and his colleagues touched on it on the NASCAR podcast network that they have with FrenchStretch.com. But the absurdity of Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss, along with Donnie Allison, but mostly Johnson and Knauss, who are part of the next NASCAR Hall of Fame class, not being unanimous selections, Why in the world is that the case? Because you've got these crotchety old people out there. And let's be honest, most of the time it is. It's either old people, arrogant people, or in often cases, folks that fit the description of both. That because Dale Earnhardt Sr. was not a unanimous selection, never mind that he had more competition when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, or Richard Petty or Jeff Gordon did not get unanimously voted in. We can never let anyone go in unanimously. Um, Can we evolve with the times? Can we accept the fact that those guys went in earlier and their honor was being part of the initial classes to the NASCAR Hall of Fame? And then we honor Johnson and Knauss in a different way that they get unanimous selection because they were so much better than whoever was left over. They deserve the unanimous selection. If I can think of this, phenomenal. And by the way, Trey, I can't remember if it was you or one of your colleagues, but the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast where you brought up the fact that one of the best solutions to this, I may give credit to Brian Nolan here, don't gasp and have we a heart attack on this. me. We all kind of said this. Have the votes revealed by who votes? I think that is so much better. And if you're that upset as a media member that your vote has to be revealed, first of all, you're probably going to out yourself that you're one of the ones who like to take a stand for what you believe in and never be held accountable for it. Or you're a little softy and you can't handle the fact that you put a vote out there and then wait for it, have to actually defend what you did. Oh my goodness. What a shocking concept. Number three. Florida State tapping J.P. Morgan to find investors. The discussion between FSU and J.P. Morgan have been ongoing in recent months and Sixth Street Partners has also expressed interest as an investor. 
theoretically, the idea is that Florida State could basically have investors that bail them out of the ACC. Saudi Knowles, Saudi Knowles. Does it actually end like this, Trey? Saudi Arabia purchases a part of Florida State Athletic Department? I don't think that happens, no. No, I don't agree with that either. But it's amusing to see that Florida State is going about this route, and is it mostly just chess beating, or is there more to this? That is also a question veteran ACC reporter Dave Glenn will help answer for us in a couple of minutes around 520 today here in the Fast Lane. Number two. A couple of scheduling nuggets that are worth reminding yourself of. One, the Virginia football team will host their 2023 Meet the Team Day Sunday, August 13th. That is this Sunday, in case you need a friendly reminder on that, 4 to 6 p.m. at Scott Stadium. And their Paint the Town Orange pep rally for their first home game is Friday, September 8th, ahead of the opener against James Madison. Um, I'm just curious how many people will come out to this, what level of support there is, because, Trey, we've touched on this frequently in the fast lane, but I get the sense there is a lot of apathy around this program. Now, I hope they come out to support Virginia in their first home game since the tragedy on ground, the shooting that killed Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry, and Lavelle Davis Jr., but realistically, from a fan appreciation day to a pep rally, I kind of get the impression it's lukewarm to be nice, for the Virginia football program. Yeah, and number one on the Fast Five at five-ish. Back to number one in a moment, Trey, but before I so rudely cut you off. I was just going to say, is my guess is that there will be a um, pretty, pretty good fan attendance for the first game of the year, and then we'll see after that. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need to be two and one at you know because they're not beating Tennessee but two and one before they have their second home game against William and Mary for me to feel good about Virginia's outlook going forward although if you ask me two and one or oh and three I'm more likely to go with wait for it in our votes of confidence later this week and number one on the fast five at five-ish Boise State that's the team the Virginia Tech Hokies will draw Thursday November 23rd that is Halloween evening when they get ready to play in the made-for-TV tournament event held in Orlando. Eight-team tournament held Thanksgiving weekend. Texas A&M is part of this. Uh, It's a possibility Virginia Tech could face Texas A&M a little bit later, which would make for a certainly fun fodder. But Boise State, realistically, they're probably right about where Virginia Tech is, Trey, which is a team that some years they make the NCAA tournament, some years they're a bubble team, and therefore probably a reasonable first matchup for Virginia Tech, even if it's not necessarily the kind that is destined to get you that big marquee non-conference win, a quad one or even a quad two victory that can propel you further when it comes to Selection Sunday. And, and we all know what we want is a Texas A&M uh, Virginia Tech final, even though Florida Atlantic's probably the favorite in this tournament. Yeah, I think Boise's a good first round matchup uh, for them, but it, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out because I would say FAU, who's probably a preseason top five team because they're returning everyone from their final four team, uh, so I will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. And there is your Fast Five at Five. When we return in the Fast Lane, Dave Glenn, veteran ACC reporter, steps into the Fast Lane. And then after that, Chip Patterson, college football reporter for CBS Sports. Plenty of college football talk coming up on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.